Blog Talk Radio. Mr. Pop. The views and opinions of this show do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of this network and its affiliates. Previously, on the Audible, Ben talks about his hatred of kickers. This year, since there's only one kicker, and it's going against every ounce of my being to say this, but I would probably draft a kicker if you go. But I, I wouldn't do it personally because I don't think kickers are, you know, worthy of a top ten pick. But that's that's just my opinion. Not not because of who they are, but just kickers are kickers. I don't I don't understand why team I why a team would sign a punter to that kind of contract. They're a punter. There's nothing wrong with a punter, but just go generic. I don't understand. I don't get it. I, I really don't. And there's nothing against punches, but you don't need a... Yeah, Ben, Ben. I'm getting feelings. They're okay, but I don't get the... I wouldn't waste that much time. And this is coming from a person that was a non-contracted punter. It's, the position doesn't do much. Like, you punt the ball. I, I don't get the... I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't do that, but that's just me as a, as a person. I not a big fan of giving kickers or punters to contracts like that. It's, it's not me against the punter, but wasting 65 points on a punter, I, I don't understand that. Like, you need other positions. You're in rebuild mode, and I don't think punter is going to help you win a team. direct all kicker hate mail to Ben Warner. All <laughs> yes, kicker yeah, hate yeah, mail I, I think, directed to Ben yeah. Warner. I get a distinct feeling that you hate kickers. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Audible. It's the Audible, our second episode. Casey Thomas joined by Ben Warner, the star of our program so far. Ben, how you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, I can't wait to talk about the draft tonight. There's some really interesting moves, and I'm excited to be here again. Um, I that was a great opening. I I <laughs> I, I was I'm, I'm oh man, that was <laughs> you said it was going to be special, and you you came through there, KT. <laughs> oh, All right, and our host <laughs> of the program tonight, our GM of the Portland Fleet, Nelson Zano. Nelson, what is going on, brother? Hey, what's going on? Hey, very exciting times. I'm excited to talk about draft. Uh, some good stuff, some good stuff. And I uh, added uh, some holly jolly Christmas music to close out tonight, too, so listen out for that. Nice, nice. So we're going to talk so, about the, 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 the draft this weekend. And uh, Nelson? You're the GM, man. You you take it over from here. You let us know what you think. You're you're the leader of the Portland Fleet. Take it over. What do you think about the draft? So I thought the draft again was uh, this time around was so like it was different, right? Um, with the expansion teams, you really didn't know what you were going to get, um, and. I felt like a lot of there wasn't so many team needs out there, but there were still very surprising picks, which I think everybody enjoyed from there. Uh, I'm happy, of course, with 
who we picked at the end of the day. I think we brought in some really good ball players. Um, and and now I'm just again looking at the draft as a whole. I think tonight was quite interesting with the panel as well. Day three and just a few teams having to pick. I could tell the panel was quite excited about that off. Did you guys get to catch everything with the draft? Yeah, I caught round one and two. I wasn't able to get to round three today. I was, I'm I'm going to lean on you guys tonight for round three. But round one was was what I expected. It was kind of chaotic. And Ben, I know we were all chatting on Saturday for for round one, and it was it was crazy, man. Yeah, it was. Um, I, I wasn't too shocked that uh, quarterbacks didn't go in the first round. Um, I, I really wasn't surprised at that because there were just so many. Um, in round two, though, a couple quarterbacks went. And like uh, KC, I didn't watch it. I watched the first couple picks in round three, um, but uh, didn't end up catching the other ones. Uh, so, yeah. But it was exciting. Yeah, and I caught, I caught round three just kind of the tail end of it. You know, I I find it very interesting to see. You know, there was a couple of rookies in this draft that I spoke with directly that I wanted to see go places. And I think at the end of the day, that's what kind of kept my uh, view on what would happen. I wanted to see what D.C. was going to do, too, because they needed the most picks, right? Like their mm-hmm. picks weren't uh, – everybody didn't know exactly what was going to happen. Like, you could hear the panelists, and they were like, yo, I have no idea what's going to happen. Um, so I think it was, it, was, it was great how everything came to be. I, I love the – I love every single panel. Every single panel had their own uh, kind of spin on things. I, at the end of the day, I think the biggest shocker, let's go through the shockers of the night. So we got rounds one through three. Let's talk about round one, the biggest shocker, Kevin Say to D.C. Love my man, Kevin. He knows this. Shout out to Kevin Say if you're listening tonight. Uh, but it, it was, I think that was the biggest shocker because D.C. already had a running back and added a second one to their roster. Yeah, I was really shocked that they had a second round, and I'm super excited for Kevin Say because I know how much this means to him from getting drafted because he stayed stayed with Ottawa for a second season, and I, I played with him last year, and just to see him pick be number the second pick, it was really awesome to see that. But yeah, I was shocked um, that they weren't a second running back uh, because their uh, the way they said their offense was going to be run, it's going to be air air raid. Uh, type of offense so we'll have to see what they do maybe they use them in the passing game but uh I, I, they're one of the only i think another team on the draft is a running back a second running back but they're they're the only team out there really that has two running backs so it'll be interesting to see what they do with them yeah i think it's going to be very interesting to see how that outcome is a playing i was just happy to see kevin say go somewhere um mm-hmm. dude has a heart of a lion so i was just like man i'm so happy when i see him go places and what's funny is David Leathers just put out there who got drafted tonight. I have to ask your thoughts on yours truly going to uh, Dragons tonight. Ha, ha. So we'll get to David Leathers. I think that was a great third third uh, day selection. Again, most of their selections came on day three. But to add yourself, David, was amazing because you've been such a, a team person and everything else like that. And today we're going to look through some of the stuff here, but – I do want to shout out Cam Curtis as well. We used his 
his information that he went ahead and uh, put all the all the draft picks on uh, multiple pitchers. So we're going to be using that today. Um, but I think Kevin Say was a, a pretty much surprised. The linebacker situation seemed to be a surprise for many as well. I don't think many thought that we would go with Gary Clem um, as our first linebacker, right? I think people had either Devin King, and then I saw Josh Farnsey there, uh, which are are two great gentlemen nonetheless, right? But I think there was some shock a little bit. I don't think there was shock so much in that position. I think it was more shock on what was happening uh, with the first linebacker that was selected. And then uh, Ben's favorite, you know, he loves Clippers, right? We know that. We heard the clip earlier. Uh, I think people were kind of shocked, too, that Jack Lewis went to, to, to four, but that kind of changed up everything from there. Um, and to see kind of like, again, the, the, there wasn't many offensive linemen available as well. So I, I really didn't know Florida was going to go that way with uh, Greg McDonaldson uh, going to uh, – to Florida uh, to be their O-line coach, I think was pretty interesting as well. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I don't think there was just so much surprises. I think maybe Riley Quintero going down so low. Yeah, um, that was that was mine. Was a shocker for many. That was yours. That was yeah, I, I that, that was, was mine. That was because I, I mean, I was banking on DC picking them up just for the reason that Ben mentioned how you know their offense is going to go more air raid, more you know throw the ball down the field. And, you know, just based on that championship game he had last week, you would think that's the perfect guy for that offense. Even, you know, he is kind of smallish, but in like a, in like a slot situation didn't work. Him falling to 20 and then falling to Denver, I was like, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> like the, the rich getting richer right there. Because Denver, which, is, which was arguably the, the best team in the league last year, just picked up a number one caliber wide receiver at 20. So that was one big shot of round one. I think, uh, you know, seeing that, I, I did peg I, – I know there was a lot of rumors of Josh Gill going going to different places that needed a wide receiver. I didn't hear so much of the Lycans, um, but I did hear, like, potentially Denver. I know D.C. was very, very big on him, which he ended up going at 23. But to, to know that it, it kind of went Chris Lee first uh, for the Lycans to be the first wide receiver out, I mean, it speaks volumes, right? Like, we always talk about it's not just solely what you do in the league, but it also matters on how you go about it. Um, so I, I find that quite interesting. In uh, round two, right, so that's round one. Round two surprises for myself. Um, I think one of the biggest surprises was the first pick being Emmanuel Blackman. I didn't know he would fall into the second. I think London definitely got a good player there. And a person who's actually from overseas, um, but I don't, I don't know. I guess it was the biggest shocker too was uh, Maverick Hughes dropping so low. We Maverick Hughes, I heard a lot of great things about him, um, and Maverick Hughes getting picked after uh, Sean Moore, which is the linebacker that was chosen by uh, Queen City. But it, it just again was was very interesting how everything played out. Um, you know, I'm looking at it, and I don't think there was so much. I don't know. I don't want to say there was so much of a shocker. It's more of what teams. I think it was more interesting of what the panelists thought we were, a lot of teams were going to go. Um, and there was, I think it was more of the question of how teams went about the draft. Um, I think I think St. Louis and Vegas played it very well because they needed quarterbacks, 
and they didn't they didn't reach for their quarterback. Um, they 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 went ahead like, all right. So we have Vegas that took Colin Pierce, right? And they took Colin Pierce at forty five, last pick, was able to get their man at forty five, which he did an amazing job going ahead and having that card depth situation. I thought that was such a great homage with, with his drink and everything else. And then you have St. Louis who got their guy, and with, with Christian Brown, right? Christian Brown was the next pick taken, um, and he had a phenomenal SF, SFLM career, um, breaking a lot of records and things like that. So, so I think I, I love how they played it. I just felt like, again, in the situation of Tulsa, I'm pretty sure JQ would have been there later. And Tulsa ended up choosing, like, Jason Francis was an amazing pick in the second round. And I felt like they had one more pick, which I think was on day three. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, with uh, Julian Valerie, which I felt like again, they, it, it, I don't, I don't remember exactly what their situation was per se on what they had available, and, and that makes a factor too. I think a factor that we we can't always play is okay. What are the teams thinking? Do they have faith in the in the in the members that are in that position now? And if so, then what do that team need to do to keep that down? That's a situation that's, you know, Leo Jefferson. I'm sorry, Leo Morris, right? Uh, Leo Morris in that situation, great guy, phenomenal uh, team player. He was in the locker room last night, uh, was really awesome. But what also was really great about Leo is that he came under Chris Stotch, which Chris Stotch is our number two cornerback. And we believe in Chris Stotch, right, spend the whole season with us. And it was really a win-win situation. We were able, to, one, to support our player, Chris Stotch, right? Every single one of you guys, KT, Ben, to everybody who plays on the team, our priority is you and, and having you be our, you know, guy. So if we chose a rookie, it was never to choose a rookie to supersize you. You know what I'm saying? Uh, in KT's situation, we need all three of you guys. We play a lot of packages where most of the times all three linebackers are on the field, Right. In the situation for Leo, he would be our nickel, and he was okay with being nickel. He had the understanding of what he was coming to um, and everything. And it was just a very, very win-win situation. So I think some of these picks, it was questionable. I think how D.C. played it, it was interesting, right? Uh, if you look at their final picks, right, and we'll, we'll kind of talk. And, and KT, I'm going to get to you so you can go ahead and share everything that you want to share because uh, I haven't gotten to you, and I apologize. But, like, D.C., you had – Again, it was Houston. It was really the Houston and D.C. show. And Houston also played it kind of different, right? I know there wasn't much options when it came down to offensive linemen, so they went with a second tight end, uh, a fourth wide receiver. Um, and in a D.C. situation, you had a lot of the guys you picked up at the end. Um, but I felt like if D.C. would have played it a little bit differently, maybe not get Kevin Say with the first pick because I don't see anybody really going for it, even Florida – Ended up picking up Charlie uh, Belitsky, great guy. Uh, spoke with him, he's amazing, um, really awesome. You know, I actually missed his message, and I hit him back saying, "Hey, I'm so sorry, just because of the holidays and all rookies setting us up." Um, you know, it was picked at 49, but I think DC could have probably got Kevin Say later and maybe got more value in the other positions. But they still picked up some really solid players and David Leathers. Um, John, John Santini, I've seen some really great things about. Uh, they were really discussing about Jeff Banfield a lot uh, during that um, during that time, which he gave him the Mr. Irrelevant. But I think he's going to be super relevant for D.C. at the end of the day. And then, again, picking up a, a second tight end after they picked up uh, Will Todd. Um, 
you know, again, was they could have played their boards a little bit differently. But, again, whatever the priority was, I'm pretty sure D.C. got their priority picks out the way first. And um, it's very interesting how, how the draft played out. KC, what do you, how do you feel like everything? What was, what was your full analysis of the draft itself? I think in I think you you talk about DC. I think in their case, they might have went with their board and strictly went with their board and said, okay, who's the best available right now? I think Kevin Say was the best available at that moment, and regardless of need, regardless of what they thought they should get, I think they went with, and I think this went across the board, like the best the, the best person on next on their board when it got to them. I think that's what kind of happened. For the most part, there weren't a lot of surprises. I'm curious about Ben. Mr. Mr. Warner, about that kicker. We didn't hear from you about the kicker situation, and I'm curious what your feelings are about that pick that London made in the first round. I think everybody's in. Yeah, yeah, it's a not a good pick in my my, my <laughs> mind. Um, obviously, they needed a kicker, but they needed either offensive line or a fullback. They don't have a fullback anymore. Um, he left, um, so. You had the fourth worst rushing offense in the league last year. If you get an O line, you can establish that run game that you need. But their their average loss um, per game was twelve points. They averaged a twelve point loss per game. They didn't need a kicker for those games. They they weren't coming down to the wire. Um, I I just don't don't. There were much more needs they needed um, in order to bolster their offense. Um, and it's not a kicker. They had their kicker too. They had. A, they didn't need to transition JT Delaney into a punter. I. It, it's it's boggles my mind a bit, um, because you're two and ten the last two seasons. A kicker's not going to solve the problem. You have other needs on your team, and it's just not a good pick. But I and and it's no disrespect to Jack Lewis because I think he's a great person. I see him in the chat sometimes. Nice person, um, and I'm happy for him that he got selected. But not not with the fourth pick in the draft, and I don't know why they did that, but hey, that they made the call and they thought it was right. So um, we'll have to see how it plays out. I could be wrong, but I do not understand why you go kicker fourth pick in the draft. I, I just don't. All right, ben we have a caller. Kickers, right? Ben hits kickers. <laughs> uh, nine seven nine one seven caller. Name where are you calling from, caller? Uh, I, this is Ross Napoli, the GM of the Louisiana Revolution, calling from New York City. Hey, Ross, how you doing? Hello, Ross. Ross, how you doing? <laughs> All right, Nelson. How you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. Just here, chopping it up. You know, I'd love to hear your thoughts of how the draft went and um, maybe some surprises and, and some thoughts you had about the draft overall. Uh, yeah, well, I was listening to you guys talk, and I think you all have real valid points, uh, especially, uh, you know, how D.C., you know, kind of basically had control over that third round there with all those picks. Um, I guess a couple of things that uh, I'd like to point out is that I think some guys are a little under the radar, and uh, I'm definitely going to talk up one of the guys that I coached in Salt Lake City, uh, and that would be wide receiver Kingston Ellington. Um, no disrespect to Chris Lee and Riley Quintero. They, they, they were phenomenal players. They had phenomenal seasons. But uh, I think that Kingston Ellington may be the steal of the draft, that wide receiver. Uh, if you watch yeah. – 
any of the Salt Lake games. I mean, he was just a clutch performer, made some great plays when we needed, kept our season alive, got us there. And as far as off the field, phenomenal guy and uh, definitely somebody that we're going to hear a little bit more about, um, you know, as uh, as seasons go on and, and, and the contributions that he can make. Um, I think you guys made a great move. I, I, I was a rookie last year. I played with Gary Clem in, in San Jose. Uh, Gary Clem's a great guy as well as Devin King. I, I played with both of them and uh, got a chance to kind of uh, develop a little bit of a friendship with Gary Clem. And um, my hat's off to both those guys. They had, both of them had opportunities last year to go in the uh, supplemental rounds at a secondary position and neither wanted that. They wanted to stick at their positions. They wanted to, you know, gut it out and play, you know, uh, their linebacker positions and held their ground and went back to the minors and had no qualms about doing so and ended up getting drafting at their positions, um, you know, in in, in this, you know, second season uh, draft for them coming out of the minors. And I, I couldn't be happy for both of them, really. They're, they're, they're both great guys. And I want to share that, too. He's 100% right, because I called, I don't want to say a lot of uh, of the wrestlers' games, right, but I called a couple, right? And Kensington always came through with a big play. He has big yep. playability. And I want to co-sign with, with, with Ross on this one, is that he is, I, I do say he is a steal in the draft. He, he has such big playability. Like so many times Utah went downfield, Kensington was there, and boom, touchdown. And there was that one game, and I, gosh, I forget, I forget who the team was, but you, uh, Utah dropped two bombs to Kensington, and Kensington scored both times, and oh, yeah. it was amazing. So I, I want to I co-sign. Yeah, I'll co-sign with that, too. I think him going third day, um, and, and people not really recognize, and he's a phenomenal guy. If you heard his interview with Ashley Jackson, he's such a great mm-hmm. guy, so nice. Um, I think, yeah, I, I want to co-sign with that. I think that was definitely a steal of the draft by D.C. to go ahead and get him in the later rounds because he wasn't, he wasn't as known as anybody else. You're 100% right on that, Ross. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, and I was kind of waiting um, to see when, when his name was going to be called because um, I, I did have some conversations with uh, a few teams. Uh, in regards to uh, a couple of my players in, in, in Salt Lake, but in particular him, uh, as, as well as uh, Lauren Prococo, uh, you know, and Christopher Magel and, you know, uh, you know, John L. Ritter. Or, you know, we had a boatload of people drafted uh, out of Salt Lake, and I'm, I'm really proud of that, you know. Um, you know, obviously, Donaldson going as the, uh, as the offensive line coach and, and going to anchor uh, the offensive line over there and in a great spot for, you know, for him. And there's, there's really going to be a good, um, I guess, hall of talent that comes out of this draft in particularly, because obviously, as we all know, this, um, this minor season was set up different than the first one. So guys were able to progress throughout the season. They were able to build their players throughout the season. So, you know, teams were really getting value players out of this draft where the players coming out of the season one, um, you know, was a little bit capped when it came to the value of the player. Um, 
and it kind of, you know, and it kind of speaks a little to where the league is going. And I think that that's a great thing. And I think it's going to make the drafts more valuable uh, for guys like Gary Clem, who is able to then do another season and build up his player and Devin King to build up his player, you know, as well as people that are going to go back now, you know, uh, there's going to be plenty of people that now have to return, build up their players, and they will be the value picks, you know, um, in the, you know going into season 17. Yeah, I, I agree with that. That that's a really good analysis, Ross. Um, do you have anything else to share? I want to kind of talk about that because you're you're 100 percent right. I have a little bit because you know Portland last season had to choose 13 new rookies, and. Uh, Again, everybody was capped off to the most that they can, and you had to play your boards differently then because you're like, hey, I like this guy a lot, but the, it has to kind of match with the value with what we're getting as the player and everything else. And it kind of changed how we did our board versus this time around. <clears throat> you could find your need and have a player who met a higher value and gave you more towards the cap because as a new team, sometimes it's hard to fill up that cap. You know, and um, that, that, again, I felt like gave an opportunity for both the team and the player, one, to get the best out of their players and get the best people on there, and then, two, uh, be able to, again, uh, help the teams out by moving their cap a lot faster, closer to, to the cap goal. So uh, did you have anything else to add, Ross, I, I, so we can kind of discuss what you're talking about? Because I think you brought up a really good point. Yeah, no, absolutely. I just one more comment, then I don't want to occupy your time there. Thanks for taking the call, and I'm going to, you know, hang up and listen to you guys. But the other thing, you know, getting back to London's pick, um, uh-huh. I agree that it's a big questionable pick. Uh, I can't speak for what necessarily he may bring to the team outside of the player. I totally agree taking the kicker when London seems to be needing an overhaul and going through um, what they're going through and all of the help they need, especially on the offensive side of the ball. The one thing that I would say is that um, I, I would really trust Chad Rowland and Tanner and, and what they are trying to do there and to change it all. It doesn't happen overnight, but um, being able to develop a little bit of relationship with Chad and, uh, and and kind of knowing, you know, a little bit about, you know, his mindset and what he would like, you know, to change over there, um, you know, that may have something to do with it. So, you know, if London goes through another season the way that they have and it doesn't look like any of these moves they made, I think that they're really going to take some flack for taking a kicker right there. Uh-huh. But if people start to see the change of the culture over in that organization and and see a little bit more results on the field of play, then I think, uh, you know, taking the kicker in the first round is going to kind of take a little backseat to the criticism. So, but uh, I do appreciate you guys, uh, you know, taking the call and I didn't mean to eat up a lot of the time, gentlemen. So I'm going to hang up and (laughs) listen and uh, I appreciate it. No problem. Ross, not a problem. This, this is what this show is made for, for folks to be able to call in. So I appreciate it. And I think, again, what he brought up was really cool. We'll get to that caller uh, in a second. But I think, again, um, yeah, I think I think time will only tell, right? I think there's a culture change that, that London is trying to do um, in, in, in London, right, and, and get those players. And, again, I think Ben brings up a point, right? Hey, they weren't close enough to begin with to maybe get a kicker, but we can't understand the gravity of a kicker, such as we look at the polar opposites with, with Denver having Kramer Jackman and how many games did Kramer Jackman help uh, Denver 
get in the win column versus the, the loss column. Um, so, again, only time will tell. Um, but I think he brought up some really good points. And I wanted to, before we get to seven, uh, the 708, Carla, uh, we had a question in the chat, which was, who do we think is the most underrated player uh, that was undrafted? Ben, OJ Bruin. OJ Bruin. Bruin? Yes. Right, why do you say OJ right. Bruin? I really wish that guy was drafted. Um, Dude, the, the dude is cool. Um, he's a huge Cam Newton fan. He's a Patriots fan, so that kind of hits home for me. But, you know, he's a really respectful person. Um, he's always in the chat, keeping people up, rooting people on. I think he would have done well um, in St. Louis um, at the quarterback position. Um, and I know this is his second time around, um, so I don't know if he has to switch. I, I Wasn't he Willie Beanman before, I think? Um, as a quarterback, so I'm not sure if he will have to switch next season. But I was really rooting for O.J. Bruin to get drafted. Unfortunately, he didn't. Yeah. What about you, KT? Who is your uh, best underrated, not drafted person? Well, I'll talk about him last week in his performance in the championship game in the uh, SFLM. I always have trouble saying that. Uh, P.J. Slaughter. I really like the way he played the game. I like his style. I like how he plays. I like how he throws the ball, he's quick. I think he would have made a really good fit, just like a St. Louis Tulsa team's looking for like kind of a, a, a CEO of the offense. So PJ Slaughter is my guy that is underrated that you know didn't get selected. Um, I just you know six five, he, he's great size and he's quick. So I definitely think that's the most underrated guy right now. Uh, Casey, man, you ain't gotta take my stuff, man. that. That was mine. I think so. If, if it's not that, I think Bailey O'Shaughnessy, right? Um, okay. Bailey was somebody who I felt like was so was, was active, was very talkative, really great guy. Only guy thing on AJ's show, uh, so he gets props for that because you know she always asks for a poem, song, or or final thoughts, and he was the only one that I've seen so far say I'm gonna sing, and sing beautifully for the holidays. So I'm gonna say Bailey will be my person who I say is uh, uh, is that uh, underrated player who didn't get picked up. But, again, I think also with, with the opportunity of not many positions open at cornerback, I didn't get the opportunity to really get himself out there. So um, excited to see what he does in season two uh, in the minors. Now, uh, KT, if you want to get to 708 and see what their, their thoughts and everything, and I do want to uh, say thank you to Ross Napoli, uh, G, uh, GM of the uh, uh, of the Louisiana Revolution for for reaching out and really sharing some great stuff. Kensington definitely is, I felt like, was a steal of this draft as well. But uh, if you want to get to them, KT. Yes. Uh, if you want to call in, 516-418-546-7708. Name, where are you calling from? Hello, 708. I think they lost 708. Right, maybe, yeah, maybe we'll get back to them afterwards. Um, I, I think, again, uh, it, it, it's uh, there was some great stuff. I, I, again, you know, if you look at the draft as a whole, right, and, and I want to bring up, let me see if I can bring up really quickly all the team signings at this point. Um, well, real fast, because there was, I think you mentioned it, and there is, I mean, let's be honest, there, there is an elephant in the room after the draft is ended, and 
it's the players that weren't selected. And we talked about, I don't want to go get down that rabbit hole that we got into last week, but, you know, there were players that weren't selected that have to go back for a second season in the minors or have to kind of start all over again. So you mm-hmm. almost have to think, and I, I kind of want to bend on this one too, you have to think about those players too and how they feel at this point because the draft is over and they either have to go back for a second season or they have to, you know, start – I don't want to say start all over, but start again in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. restart their player. I've I've been looking in the SFLM chat a little bit tonight, and um, a lot of players who weren't selected have been very positive, so that's a good sign. Um, they want to work hard next year, be better, um, and get those Ws. And I think the tough part is restarting your player because you come into this league with the position you want to play, and you've been in the SFLM for two years, and you've worked as hard as you can to get out, get your name out to teams and stuff like that, and now you have to find another position. So hopefully they can find another position that they like and suits them, um, but only time can tell, and we'll have to see. Yeah, I think I think at the end of the day, you know, I know it's, it, we talk about it, right, the frustration that some folks have not being drafted mm-hmm. and understanding that. And for those who are their, their first year, hey, you have a second year in, in the league. For those who are, got the second year, though, and didn't get a chance to um, get on a team, well, hey, you know, I saw some really positive things as well, just like Ben mentioned, that showed that, hey, it doesn't hurt to go back. And I think the miners, again, capping it at a certain, um, you know, spot makes it makes it very difficult, right? But But – Again, you're not supposed to be in the minors forever, right? This is this is more of how to grow and how to get people um, situated. So I feel as if you um, get an opportunity to really to really shine, and you see where some of these these stories come from, right? Um, you see the stories like like we talked about Gary Clem, second season, Kevin uh, Kevin Say, second season, right? Um, these players who who finally got picked in this in this draft, they brought a lot to the field. Devin King, right, second season, but you have where, yeah. um, uh, 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 you know, just just everything from there, how how it uh, all comes comes together. But somebody like PJ Slaughter doesn't get that same opportunity. So you know, again, where he's going to have to restart and start a value. And I'm going to tell you. I said the PJ Slaughter is exactly what happened to um, to, my, to our our player, right? Um, Derek Majors. Derek Majors was a beast as a quarterback, right? But just didn't get the opportunity, and ended up um, and ended up not getting that same opportunity as everybody else. Yeah, we got a question um, from on the chat about what team had the best draft, which team had the worst draft. And I, you know, Nelson, you're, you're the GM here. I think Ben and I just, we're just, we're just little guys when compared to you. Who do you think as a GM had the best draft in the last couple of days? I'm going to step out of being biased, right? Because, you know, I'm going to say. You can't say Portland. You can't say Portland. You can't say Portland. Let's be honest. Yeah, let's let's be honest, right? Like, um, if you look at the draft as a whole, um, I love what Vancouver did. I'm gonna say Vancouver had a really good draft uh, by them getting 
uh, Josh Farnsey, who is an amazing guy, right? Um, I love Josh Farnsey. Um, I think they did really well, and they got another player too in Achilles Pap- uh, Papadonis, right, or Papatonis. Yep. Uh, I think with those two, man, they really did a really good job adding not just great players but great people as well. And then another to, to kind of touch upon too is um, – Arizona getting that guy, right? So Arizona at 12, which I'm surprised that he fell that far. But our, our inside the league member with us, right, uh, Renard Smith, right, I think going there, it's a perfect fit, but I'm so surprised that he dropped that far. And then they came back and got um, their second guy, which uh, Max Knight, who really did well in the, in the league as well. Uh, I think they had a really good draft. It looks like call the 708 uh, called back if you want to jump to them, KT. Yes, yeah, seven oh eight. Caller name, where are you calling from? Seven oh eight. Hello. What up though? Yep. Hey, hey Eddie. Eddie go. Eddie Gage, welcome. What's going on, man? Not much, man. Just here discussing about the draft and everything. We'd love to hear your guru wise wisdom, how you feel like the draft played out overall and, and it, were there any surprises that really got you amazing job this tonight by the way too uh, trying to keep everybody engaged with the uh, with houston and dc needing to choose the most picks tonight oh um the draft is always uh fun it's always something that a team does that catches everyone by surprise some it catches by surprise others you know they probably don't Maybe not follow the league as closely and it doesn't stick out to him. But for me, the first pick that really surprised me was not necessarily the player, but the position. And that was Atlanta taking Will Todd. They had lost, um, I I forget her first name, but um, Miss Hall, Mrs. Hall, you know, they lost her free agency. She went and joined her husband over in Vancouver. And uh, everyone assumed they would just take another, a third receiver, but they actually drafted Will Todd as a tight end. And as I said on the show, you know, they just won a championship two seasons ago. And Mark has been known for, you know, a pretty much spread offense and slinging the ball downfield with five and seven step drops. And just when you find yourself backpedaling, now BDG is running the ball down your throat. So, to see them get away from that, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of offense Atlanta has next season. You know, having those two tight ends to block for BDG, oh, my God, I know he's loving it. Um, but at the same time, being dual threats because they can block and catch passes downfield. You know, Will Todd, he has a great build for a tight end. He's practically maxed out in, in anywhere relevant. So they got a great player and then drafted, what, 13th or 14th, whatever they was? So, um, yeah, so Atlanta got a great play. He's a, and he's a great person, too. I love that dude. If I didn't have a, a tight end on, on my team, he would have been the first tight end. We actually talked to him, too. So uh, yeah, he would have been a we first. we talked to him I, as well. Yeah, he would have been the first tight end we took. Uh, I, I love that dude. He's enthusiastic. One thing I like about him is not only is he exciting about his own when he makes plays, but he's excited when his teammates make plays on both offense and defense. He's always saying, hey, good job, guys. And, you know, when they make plays, he makes sure to, you know, let everyone know who's in the chat listening. So I thought Atlanta got a did a great job, you know, 
getting getting him to secure uh, their roster. There, there's a lot of great moves. I, I thought, you know, people talked about BC could have waited to, to get Peanut. But my thing is, you know, we've seen a couple of teams draft, go with two running backs. My my yeah. thing has always been if you, if you have a guy out there and you know you want him and he's going to be a friend a cornerstone of your offense you don't wait you go get that player you go get him now before someone else does so if they I'm yeah. sure they've been talking to him for quite some time he's the first player taken in their inaugural season if that's your guy and you know that's your guy you go out there and you get him and you get him now and I I applaud them for not waiting yeah you know you know. Uh, he he can't be drafted outside his position, you know, for the first couple of rounds or whatever. But you, if that's your if that's your guy, you go get him. So I applaud DC for making that move to get to get him. So um, I thought it was and exciting we weekend. The, we it always is. Yeah, we love the pick. Though, yeah, buddy. like I think again, it we everybody loves that Kevin say was pick. It's just it, it's so hard. Like I guess it's just a comprehension. Maybe you can help us with that too is, you know, you have that star player, and then you also have Suge. And it's just understanding how Suge will get any opportunities when Kevin is going to be the, the, the main workhorse, right? And, and just, I guess, trying to understand, you know, I understand the two tight end concept, which I think, again, you guys explained beautifully. If there's no off, offensive lineman there, then go with a tight end, get your second tight end, help them understand, hey, look, I'm going to max the hell out of your, your blocking, and and you're going to really push that, that edge with, with your offensive lineman and, and get it done. But the concept of two running backs, I think that's something you can maybe enlighten us with how that, that becomes possible. But I think we all love Kevin Say because Kevin Say has been such a huge advocate in this league, so vocal, uh, such a great guy all around that, you know, to see him go regardless, it was just an amazing feeling. Like that really took round one because everybody – I reached out when 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 DC signed Shug. I reached out and said, "Hey, um, hold your head up. You know, you you're gonna find your spot. You're gonna find your spot." And he he was so positive and said, "Hey, look, I, if it doesn't work out, I got other plans and things of that sort." And you love to see it, right? Uh, but maybe you can enlighten us as well as how how to actually work when it comes down into the sim. Shug Targaryen is a, a owner player controlled by. Uh, Destro, I doubt he even sees the field this season. He's a base copper. He's going to spend this time building him up, and he'll only come on the field when uh, uh, Kevin Say gets tired and needs a blow. But I know I know Destro likes to run the ball, so he'll probably get it. He'll probably have opportunities, and you'll see him here and there. But I, there's no way to put them both in the game at the same time because. Cam doesn't allow us to sub them in at full at the fullback spot or anything like that. So you would never see them both on the field at the same time. And I was going to kind of hint on that on the show today, but uh, I didn't want to, you know, make anyone look bad or anything like that, so I just didn't bother doing that. But you would never see both of them on the field at the same time. And, and that's, the, that's the thing to share, right? Like, I think better understanding. Because, you, you, you know, that's the, the insight that sometimes we miss. And it's good to know, right? I think that helps kind of kill that confusion and make it show like, hey, definitely by him taking Kevin Say, we now understand that that offense is going to be very dangerous uh, with Kevin Say in the back. Uh, Will Todd, you know what I'm saying? Like, 
I mean, not Wilson. I'm sorry. Um, gosh, what is his name? That the 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 tight end that they got. Geez, is, is escaping me right now. Uh, but the other folks that they got, right? Like it, it just makes sense to overall what they were able to get. Um, but did you have any anything uh, as well, Eddie? That you felt like overall, like was there any? Uh, do you feel like there was any underrated players that might have got picked up later in rounds and things of that sort? Um, to answer that question, I would have to have, you know, inside information inside those locker rooms because I, I don't know. Because with, with without knowing what they were thinking, you know, perhaps, you know, they did their homework and saw other looked at other team needs and say, hey, we can get this guy later we, we, and we need to get someone else now. So you just never know. Um, somehow, you know, they end up getting a linebacker that they was – that people suggested to them to draft, you know, two, three rounds earlier. And they didn't. They still ended up getting them. I forget the guy's name. But uh, perhaps they were doing their research and seeing the other teams weren't going to get them so they could afford to wait. We, I mean, it's it's just hard. No one can truthfully answer that question because at the end we're all just speculating about who's going to go where and what positions of need. Heck, I thought Tulsa would get another cornerback, and they didn't. So, you know, it, it just all, you know, I, I thought Houston would get a, a third linebacker, and they elected to go with a fourth-round receiver. So I thought that was yeah. kind of strange. And you just you don't even know how many catches that guy's going to get if he's going to be happy being there. So I'm hoping that they had those, like I said on the show, that they had those conversations, you know, letting those guys know, hey, I'm going to spend this first season building your player up. You won't get any animations. I'm going to spend this time building your player up, and you you won't see the field as often as you, as you may like. Because that's not going to be too many times. I'm going four receivers deep, you know, put, you know, and other things of that nature. So, you know, I don't know. It, it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. But uh, I'm sure those teams, if they're smart, had those conversations with those players. But so I, I don't know. Like we say, unless we're inside those locker rooms, we don't know what those conversations were that took place to be able to even answer those questions. Yeah, I, I think it's right. Well. I think, again, Eddie, you had a great night before you called. I was talking about how Arizona got their guy at 12, um, a.k.a. I, I've yes, been sir. playing around with him. I've been playing around with him and calling him Scorpion Prince. So you can uh, – <laughs> right? But, I mean, again, you had a really great draft to really build upon the culture that you were talking about. Um, so I commend you on, on how your draft went and everything else and uh, getting that, that person who, who's definitely going to help with you in the backfield um, as well as the DC yeah, who's yeah. going to uh, also push that line with you, because I know definitely that you have a great line nonetheless with Melo and everything else. So, um, got anything to add, Eddie, before we get to the other callers? Uh, no, just first of all, I'd like to commend you, you know, with having consistency, putting, putting, consistently putting your show out here, you know, giving us yet another platform of entertainment, and uh, information being put out, you know, in between games and particularly during the off season when things slow down, you guys, Dave and uh, AJ and everybody else, Coach Craven, constantly putting this content out here. I appreciate it because things can get slow, and for you guys to put stuff out here, it it keeps the league going. It, it, it keeps people relevant. It gives the it gives a voice the players, especially rookies or guys in the SFLM looking to get drafted. So I, I commend you and applaud you for giving everyone an additional um, source 
for information, knowledge, and, you know, things of that nature. Um, for the guys who did not get drafted, do not, you know, let this weekend of not being drafted define you. Um, there are players who didn't get drafted, several players who were drafted this season that played in the SFLM last season. So, you know, don't don't get upset. I mean, far as we know, you, you can end up getting – Signed as a mid-season replacement when someone either drops out or has to leave because of things outside of you know the SFL or what it happens all the time. So don't give up on your dreams, you know, and uh, just be prepared to come back to the SFLM, you know, ready to work. You know, I know there were some, some a number of guys who spent two seasons in the SFLM and still didn't get drafted. You know, it's not the end of the world. Just create another player, come back and uh, learn off your previous experiences. And you may even want to reach out, like owners do who, who apply for teams and don't get it, and reach out to these owners and GMs saying, hey, what was it about my player that, you know, that caused you to skip over me? Was it the player build? Was it my size, height, and weight? Was it my attitude? Was it the fact that I wasn't, you know, willing and able to help with stats or, or graphics or whatever? You know, reach out and, and ask those tough questions. Sometimes it may be hard to uh, get those answers, but I think it would help these players to, you know, further understand perhaps why they weren't drafted. I thought Michael Hammer should have been drafted. I don't know how he continued to get skipped over, but, uh, I mean, it is what it is. And, uh, you know, perhaps, you know, next time around, their name, we see their name called. Yeah, I think I think that's a, a true point, and we we'll talk more about it, Eddie. I I, I want to get to. We it looks like we have Destro on the line too, so I would love to hear his how everything went with DC. Um, I think you had an amazing draft, man, and I I, I hope you missed me putting up my sign saying uh, <laughs> "What up, though?" Like I did season <laughs> fifteen. <laughs> but um, I appreciate it, Eddie. Thank you for calling in, man, and thank you for always supporting the way you do. I appreciate it. No doubt. Take care. All right, right, and we're going to get to 770 right now. Call us 770. What's going on? Hey, what's up, y'all? It's AJ. Yo, what's up, Ashley? AJ. Man, we should have got you on Eddie at the same time. Well, I mean, I understand. I mean, I, I know you probably had a packed show tonight, so, and I'm I'm sorry. I know I was supposed to be on the panel, but I had some family things go on, so I actually did have a small pocket of time to kind of dedicate to you. So, um, the the draft was absolutely amazing. Um, it was an amazing experience. That was my first time ever being on the panel. I was nervous, but you know, I. Somehow made it through with those guys, EK and Coach and Tyler and Jacob. It was great. It was it was great to be on with them. You did a great job um, doing a live a live show, by the way, as well. So give yourself some props because you had some really good information about a lot of these rookies, and that shows the hard work and everything that you do with your show um, to provide that information. So. Really, really great job to you as well. And, and as you like, you heard me telling Eddie. I think you guys had a really, really strong draft as well to add key players to the already key players you already have in Arizona. Oh yeah, we was hoping that Venard and that Max will fall to us. And to be honest, I wasn't sure if that was going to be the case because you know Venard. I, I guess 
he did such a good job of keeping things quiet, but he does graphics. He's actually responsible for one of my most recent graphics I had on my show. Um, always in chat, always active. You know, he, his, both of those guys contacted us, it seemed like, every single day. So, like, three, four times a day. We kept in constant contact with them. So it's like we invested a lot of time getting to know them and things like that. And it would have been a shame if we would have lost them. So I'm I'm really grateful that we had that chance to get those guys. Hey, Bernard. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he normally would be on here tonight. I know he has some other things to do with work and everything else. It's been kind of hectic. But um, I think, again, it's been amazing. Now, do you have anybody, I know you asked a wonderful question, you know, who did I Mm -hmm. feel, uh, who did we feel that was uh, underrated, right? Um, Mm -hmm. So do you have anybody that you want to share that you felt like was kind of underrated in that situation? Oh, yeah, P.J. Slaughter, I thought, because he's been in the SFLM, which is like his second season in the SFLM. Um, I thought that he did a fantastic job, even though, you know, we all throw interceptions. You know what I mean? We we have those moments. I mean, hell, I threw seven in one game, so I get it. But I I thought that, you know, since he was a part of the SFLM for two seasons, that someone, you know, would have picked him up because of that. He's seasoned, you know. Um, also, Randy Squarebush. I thought somebody was going to get Randy. You know, mm-hmm. great. Yeah. set of guys, a great. Um, stats and everything. So I think those were two people definitely that I thought I would see leads that didn't. Yeah, yeah, that didn't. Um, and it, it may be the next stories of the Kevin Says or the or the uh, uh, you know um, Gary Clems of, of the world, right? Because you still need them. You still need somebody mm-hmm. to go back into the minors and give the the leadership to everybody else. And when you can't do that sometimes, you know, that that was great. That's what kind of Kevin provided for everybody in in, in the minors. And I know that's something that a lot of folks definitely depended on. Um, Especially Square Bush. Not to cut you off. Yeah. Square Bush especially because, you know, he dominated that championship game for like the first half. He was pretty much running all over (laughs) on the field until they kind of took the ball out of his hand. So Square Bush is one I didn't think of actually either. Actually kind of put me on that. I'm like, oh, yeah. Squarebush is one guy, too. I forgot about him. Yeah. You know, and so, you know, there, there's a there's a reason, you know, maybe, like Eddie was saying, there's a reason maybe something was going on in the locker rooms that we didn't necessarily know about, but from the guys that I talked to, yeah, he he seemed like a, he had a good head on his shoulders, um, and I think that he definitely should have went on – you know, congratulations to all the rookies that were selected. Not to say that, you know, anybody made a bad choice, um, but there were some people that I just thought was going to go. Um, as far as who I thought had the best draft, I think Tulsa actually did a pretty good job with JQ. Uh, JQ's stats are amazing. Like, he's pretty much maxed out on everything. Yeah, Zeke told me. And then you have Gabriel Manning to throw good. to. Right, mm-hmm. and then you have Gabriel Manning to throw to, and your stat, you already at 90 pretty much on everything that matters, and I think his speed is like 80. So if he decides to scramble, you don't have a time trying to catch that guy. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I think, so he's definitely going to be playing. Yeah. Do you feel Torres, that they could have got JQ? Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Torres as well. I like I like Torres. I think he dropped his name like twenty twenty different teams. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Actually, we're gonna go with Torres until you finally got it right. But I think I think always is the question is knowing that three people want a QB could could have Tulsa mm-hmm. maybe gotten gotten JQ. Do you think they could have got him maybe in the second or third and still gotten pulling a similar card like Vegas who got all their people and then finally got Colin Pierce with their last pick needed to, to close it out? It it's possible. I mean the thing is and someone talked to me about that, you know, about certain selections that were made. And it depends on what the team needs, but it depends on who's left. So if you don't have a lot of defensive players that will be available and you know that you need to stack your defense, you probably should spend your picks, the earlier picks, on the defense because you're going to have to stop people. I mean, you can try to score points all day, but if you can't stop nobody, then you're not going to win, you know. And it was a plethora of offensive players on that board. And so, yeah, technically they could have definitely went um, later. But then you, you kind of stand the risk of maybe not getting somebody like JQ with those stats that he had, you know? Yeah. But, yeah that's uh, true. That's true. That's a good insight to kind of give. And, you know, again, being a GM in this league, you know, it's always great to share that insight to know that, hey, it could have been a really good chance that he wasn't going to be there and – Somebody might have snatched them up. So that that's a pretty good point from there, Ashley. You got anything else to add before we get to our last caller of the evening? Oh, no, other than, hey, you know, keep up the good work. And I am looking forward to be a panelist on here with you. Um, I'm going to get a little bit of time. Probably if, if we're doing something next week or a week after, I'll be happy to help you out with that. But uh, just keep doing what you're doing, man. <laughs> you know, we... We are trying to make this league great as a whole, you know, with the the podcast crew, as I call them. You know, we're just trying to make sure that everybody knows about us and get everybody's voices out there that wants to, to have that platform to speak. And I, I think it's wonderful what you're doing. And now you on two times a week. Shoot, maybe I need to get on two times. No, I don't need to do anything else. I'm good. <laughs> well, no, look, if it wasn't for these two great men and KT and Ben, I probably honestly yeah. wouldn't even get this done. So they've been amazing. And, and Katie has added also. some spice. That, yeah. And Katie has added some spices like getting uh, Ben's infamous kicker rant uh, <laughs> <laughs> to show up even more. So I appreciate AJ, before you go, though, before we get to our last caller, could you please do me a mm-hmm. favor? Let everybody know uh, when, when, when to find your show, uh, you know, SFL Nights with AJ Stryker. Um, your Discord, you know, all that stuff. Can you plug it in before we, we, we move on to our next caller? Sure. My Discord name is AJ Trevon two 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 two. Um no my show normally comes out on Thursdays at around six PM. Um there's sometimes I do special shows throughout the week. Of course I'll, you know, give you guys a heads up on that kind of thing. But yeah, normally it's six um six PM. And um, I'm just looking forward to, to doing more things. What else did you want me to plug? Uh, just your Discord name. So people, because, you know, Ricky's oh, love yeah. to, to reach out to the show, so I want them to know where to reach you out to as well. Yeah, that's AJ Trevine, 2222. Perfect. Well, AJ, thank you again for giving us a little bit of your time. 
You have a wonderful evening, and, and, and I, you, you know, too. from the bottom of my heart, I appreciate it. You know that. Anytime, Nelson. I'll see you soon. <laughs> All right, talk to you then. All right, and we got a last call, 240. You're on the air, 240. Good evening, gentlemen. How y'all doing today, tonight? Hey, how how's you doing? it going, Destro? Hello. Hello. How do you know it's me? Oh, man, 240, <laughs> I invited you on. I kind of put two and two together. Um, okay. Thank you again. I, I think, uh, again, great job on your draft. Uh, we talked about the steal, which uh, Ross Napoli brought up, which is so true. I think uh, Kensington Ellington was such a huge steal, man. He had so many big plays that I used to call in, in the broadcast. So congratulations on your draft uh, as well. So uh, thank you, and also thank you for calling. Oh, thank you. I uh, appreciate uh, the thanks. And, hey, it's a pleasure coming to the show. It's the first time. I usually don't do things like this. I'm not a great interviewer. I just – Pretty much shoot from the hip when it comes to you know speaking my mind and whatnot. But yeah, I'm just it was it was it was a great night. Everything it, it players that we wanted. Uh, that was my biggest concern because I was just worried about uh, players not being there when I wanted them, and I was picking certain guys for, for particular reasons. You know, I know some of the the just the commentators, the draft analysts, they were wondering, questioning, you know, my thought process which is an error to begin with, but that's another subject for another day. But beside all that, um, you know, uh, I, uh, that's the reason why I did certain things because I was gambling on certain people falling certain places, and they did. It worked out in the favor. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I think, again, Eddie kind of cleared it up with the whole Ke- – because I think the confusion came with Kevin the most, right, because Kevin – you had Suge, which we now know was a, was an owner player, and I think a lot of us didn't know was an owner player. So that was a kind of a, a good thing to share, right? I think we were worried that somebody like Suge would not gotten the chance, right? Now knowing that it's an owner player, it, it makes sense. Um, but what was like? And Eddie kind of cleared it up. He said, "Hey, look, now Kevin can take all the all the reps while Suge gets an opportunity to, to to really build up and get that player to where he he needs that player to go." But uh, you know. For those who don't have an understanding, what what went behind choosing Kevin Sex? It was because I wanted because I used to let me back up here. Back in season five, I had a gentleman a running back named Richard Snow, and he pretty much was the workhorse, and he basically was phenomenal. Ran all over the people, ran all over the field, and I'm looking for a player that was similar to that. I'm looking for a player that was similar to that 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 skill set. And so I'm looking at Kevin Say. I'm like, okay, this man's maxed out. Uh, he can't progress any further beyond getting animation slash abilities. So it was like, you know what? So, so you know what? Let's go ahead and just get him. He's he's like my stone nest because my thought process, I was going back to season five. Granted, it was a different time, and we didn't have progression. It was a different set of rules back then, but my mindset was still there. So I said, I got to get him because he is the best back. You go for the best players. And that was my thought process. Yes, I have Shug, my player, as a backup, but that's all he is. He's progressed. He's just that was a loan exercise there. Our um, offensive coordinator slash GM. It was his idea. Once you get a backup uh, running back, just in case someone might leave or someone might get hurt during the game, and not just that, we can progress him. But he's going to be on special teams by default. 
And so I start thinking, okay, this game, we pound this rock the way we're going to do it. Kevin Sage's going to get tired. He's going to eventually he's going to lead the game. And Silver's going to come in and put in work for two or three plays. I've seen it happen before. I think it happened in the in, during the SFL. I don't know, I think it was a championship game. I think someone was running the ball and all of a sudden got to the goal line and the backup came in and he fumbled. Someone correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. No, you're right. You're 100% right. I think that was the Birmingham right. Albuquerque game. Right. So, right in there, this was all in my head. Okay, you're making sense here. So, let's go ahead and do that because he'll be the backup. I don't plan on having, like, like uh, Lawson, I'm sorry, Eddie Gay said, I have no plans on putting him in the game unless he take a few snaps, but he will be on special teams by default. He will come in and when say he gets tired, it is not necessarily of uh if and it will run him down. And so that was the whole thought process behind it. So when I heard people who were getting I heard the rumblings and of course I'm not gonna say anything, I'm gonna let him talk. You know, when they get upset yeah. or someone and last week Cam had a the commissioner had a session to where you know, you get to ask questions, you know, whatever it pertains to the SFL, and people have concerns about how we went and got this back, and we have guys like Kevin Say sitting on, sitting waiting. And I understand the concerns, but, you know, the, you know it's just, that's, I hope that, uh, hope our pick uh, kind of like silenced them for a little bit. It did. It did. I think that was the biggest shocker, and people didn't understand. And I think the insight that you give plus Eddie. Um, really helps people understand. And that's the thing, right? There's always uproar when people don't understand. And when you have to go ahead and make your own outcome, not understanding the thought process of others, um, I think you gave some really good insight about what that what, what into, went into that pick. And, and I think, again, I hope you don't misunderstand people neither. We even questioned it at first of the show, right? Um, but now, but we, at the end of the day, we love Kevin Seth. Like, I think that was such a huge win for everybody. For you guys as an organization, um, he's such a great guy on and off the field that that pick was everybody was just excited to see Kevin Say's name finally go off on the list. And he was so positive until the final moment because um, I spoke to him, you know, just to keep his head up because, you know, again, when you see some really great players in this league and sometimes it can get tough, you always sometimes just reaching out, even if you don't have a horse in that race, you just want to make sure that people feel like, hey, we are. Everybody's watching you, and whatever the outcome is, everything happens for a reason. And I think you got an amazing player there. Now, with your other picks, what went into some of the other picks as well? Like, what were some of some of the key features that you were looking for in some of these players? And, and what, what did you, you know, how at the end of the day, how how they stack up to what your expectations were? Well, I know for your your friend Josh Gill, I was looking for people who are from D.C. That was that was my first priority. I wanted to have two, maybe three players who were from the area, just to have that little connection. That was that was that was the whole game plan we getting. So we were juggling back and forth between okay, should we pick him the second round? I'm sorry, the second uh, pick, or we do the 23rd pick? It was a toss between him and uh, Kevin Say, but I was paranoid because I had this feeling that Portland was going to get Kevin Say. That they would be the two. It will be the team that will be the first to do the two-headed monster slash two-back. So I was like, okay, well, I just had to say, no, let me go ahead and get say now, and I'll gamble. And I was just like, please, nobody get him. I thought Atlanta's going to get him, but they wasn't got well tied. And uh, so I was like, okay. So then when 23rd came, they go smile on my face. I was like, oh, we're going to get him. And like I said, it was, it was, it was another situation to where people's wanting to question the, the, the pick. That's the thought process behind it. He's he's from the area, not from D.C., but Northern Virginia. 
So he's from the area, close enough, and there's roots there. He's also a Skins fan, or whatever you want to call him now, no name team. So am I. So it kind of it, it is fell in place that for him. Now for anybody else, um, for Kay Marion tonight, uh, I've been talking to her about um, being a social media director. I said, hey, if we get you, um, you're gonna be a social media director. She said okay, and then again she fell down because once I noticed that everyone had their wide uh, receivers and there'll be a plethora of receivers toward the end of the draft, so no problem. I said I chance of picking her up. Uh, very, very high. Um, I had no plans of going on four receivers. I was I, I usually against four receivers, but then as I saw toward the end of the draft, we had all those picks, and then, you know, I'm not going to have four linebackers. I only have three the most. Most of them have two, but I said, I can run with three. That won't hurt. And I went to three corners. I was like, okay, well, let's just we're going down that fourth receiver. We, if we want to air it out. Uh, you know, run a, run a, I don't know, a run and shoot type offense, that's fine. We want to, you know, pound the ball, which would really be the primary uh, objective. Then we have the two tight ends to uh, to make that happen. So that was pretty much uh, my thought press. Oh, my, I'm sorry, excuse me, my thought process uh, toward this uh, whole draft process. So, yeah. real fast. And, and again, um, yeah. Go ahead, I'm sorry, now. Real, real fast, when you talk about you deciding, Kevin, say, if we wait, how stressful is that when you're, you know, you have a pick coming up and you're deciding between players, and you're like, well, if we don't pick this player, they may not be there for us next. Time. How stressful is that to kind of go through that? Like, do we make, do we pull the trigger now, or do we wait and hope that the player is there later on? Uh, to be honest with you, it wasn't really a stressful moment until tonight when we had no one to go against. Really, it was just like this person because we have our draft board, we're looking at it everyone and you know we have we have notes you know we we, we interview people we talk to the coaches we talk to the players we talk to people who are already drafted who are the teammates we have all our notes and i have four monitors there so as you saw me in the feed on my head is turned all over the place i have four monitors and all this information that i have and so i got to determine okay what's you know i'm on plus i'm on the phone so i'm like okay what's going on how can i you know what can we do make this make the right selection because I'm all about character. I'm I'm, all, I'm not trying to have, uh, you know, fools on the team. I need people. It may not be the best as in their numbers, as in their stats or attributes, but if I know that they've never mentioned progression or they're very active in the chat room and they're very, you know, rah-rah type people, go-getters, that's what I'm looking for. And I can I can work around that. You don't have to be the best player because, you know, I feel that, you know, with us, our skill sets, well, we can put a game plan together. You know, I don't need to have the best. I can, you know, I can do with little. And so that was my thought process. I have character people. And I was our entire, actually, Monix and myself. We had our thought process to have everyone involved, have everyone involved and, and be on, and just, just be good, good people, not just your player, poorly, just to how you conduct yourself in the chat rooms and things of that matter. But yeah, as for um, what came to the, uh, the fourth pick, I'm sorry, the second pick, it was. It was really a no-brainer. I, I was we were going back and forth for a minute, but I was like, "Nah, let's just go ahead and get Kevin, get Kevin C now, and if Josh falls twenty-third, we'll, we'll get him. We'll, we'll, we'll get him, and we just got to gamble. And luckily for us, he fell down there, and we was able to snag him up at twenty-third. Yeah, and I think again, uh, one many don't know about your famous uh, DC versus uh, Santa Fe game. Uh, which I was educated on before with Cam, but um, 
you know, again, you have a championship caliber behind you. Uh, so I do want to give that recognition because, again, that was such a huge game. Big win for you, and you have a championship under your belt. So I definitely know you know what you're doing with, with, with selecting people and everything else. Now, was there any – before I let you go and everything else, uh, how did you feel the draft went overall? Do you – you know, did you feel like any teams really – won this night, and did you feel like there were some questionable picks from other teams that might have been like, hmm, I don't know if I would have did that, but what were your thoughts as the draft overall? No, I didn't, I didn't necessarily like pay real close attention to other teams and what they were. The only time was like that, that third round, I was looking at what Tulsa and what Denver and – I'm sorry, not Tulsa, excuse me, Tulsa and Houston was going to do, and with um, uh, San Diego, what they were going to do, but I mean, I didn't really worry about other teams, what they're going to do. I know what we, we plan on doing. It doesn't matter what other teams do or what they're going to do because, you know, my job is to just is to, is to uh, come up with a great master plan and to defeat them no matter what they have. No matter what I have, I'm going to defeat them. That's my, that's my mindset. Whatever that's true or not, that that's to be determined. But they can put anything out on that field, they're going to lose. So, um that's just, that's that's how that's my thought process on that. I just know that we we uh, put together tonight the team that we wanted, everyone that we that came through for us. That it, it, it's here, except for the extra fourth wide receiver. But that's okay. Let's add them on there. It's fine. But we wanted we wanted a decent line. We wanted some good linebackers. We wanted some good uh, some decent cor- uh, decent corners. The main thing is during free agency. I went through the same thought process, the same method as I did with uh, season five. I went for the safeties. The first one I get, the first person uh, solidified, the first two positions were the safeties, then the linebacker. Then the quarterback came along because Monish brought his quarterback back. And so then I was like, okay, well, this is it. This is the foundation right here for the defense. Everything else is going to fall into place. And once I carried that, I wasn't concerned that much about anything else. I just, and now, it's up to us to uh, maximize these guys, these players' skill sets, so we can be successful. Hopefully, yeah. And it definitely, I think again, uh, people forget about one. You got Jack Russell, an all-star from London, who's from the area of DC. So I think that was a great acquisition. And then Kanye Rockefeller as well to to balance out that backfield to allow those rookies uh, to come in and say, hey, um, they at least have strong support in the backfield. So. I appreciate it, Destro, again. You're always – I love that you called in. I think you gave some really good insight about D.C. I'm very excited to see how you do this season, man. Uh, thank you again for calling in. You got anything else for your, for the callers before you we, we head out of here? Uh, no, sir. I just want to say thank you very much for having me. Uh, I greatly appreciate it. Uh, I will try to call in, uh, you know, often. But I, mean, I don't really you – know, I think – for us, it's just for myself mainly. I just got to focus and get back into the game, which I've been in the game here and there for the most part, but now I really have to get back in the game because it's a whole new era. It's not the old way of, of playing of some of these games, different territory. The reason why I haven't mentioned this is season five championship. To me, I won't say it's irrelevant, but it's 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 in the back burner. That was, that was in the past. Now we're in the, in the future, which is the present, and it's time to win in this era. And if I'm able to win in this era, that'd be great. And that's the that's the focus right now. So thank you very much for having me. Appreciate it. No problem. And look, everybody who called the zoo as well, that's so you have a happy holidays, man. And we're around the corner and you know, I hope you get to do have a really great holiday. So, um 
again, you know, to all the callers that called in tonight, thank you so much. Uh, when we do have this show, you're always able to call in uh, numbers 516-418-5467, and you can join us on our Discord. Our Discord is inside the league. You can come on there, chat it up with people, but it's also to give you essentialized information as well around the SSL so you can always stay up to, na- up to date with news information and things of that sort. And to hear Ben, and to hear Ben, get on kickers. That's what we're going to be here for every single week to make sure Ben stays on his kicker game and to get the inside news on what kickers are doing in the league. You know, and if you yeah, out Ben's, uh, Ben's kicker hit list, starting when the season starts, to say which kickers impressed him and which kickers does he want to see on the field as well. Now, guys, before we close it out tonight, and I appreciate you guys again, and um, what was your, your thoughts on everything tonight? Ben, let's get started with you. Uh, how did you feel like everything went tonight? I thought it went good. I think Eddie brought up an interesting point that I, I really didn't see was with Atlanta. Uh, they have only two wide receivers, um, and now they're having two tight ends, possibly to help block um, for BGG Hollywood. Um, but it's really interesting that they're going away from three wide receivers because they're they air the ball out a lot, so um, we'll have to look at that next year. Um, and I did agree with Ashley. I thought um, Tulsa had probably the best out of anybody with the draft, especially getting Jorge Torres, a really great free safety that I think will help that back end of the defensive um, backfield. So, Yeah. And what about you, KT? How do you, what were your thoughts of tonight and everything that was kind of discussed? How was it, the, the D.C. thing really – Kind of uh, illuminated because I was always I've been like why did they pick him what, what was and having Destro explain it made perfect sense and I actually didn't know about mm-hmm. this not having two running backs in the field rule that's like something I learned tonight that that's kind of thing so even more so they're prepping not so much not just for now but they're looking forward for the future so I, I found that very interesting yeah I found as well and I, I appreciate to all the callers tonight. I appreciate all the insights that we got from everybody. And I think there were some names, too, that came out that I was like, man, I kind of forgot about them. With the, with, the, with the group of rookies that we had, it's hard to keep track with everybody. But um, I think uh, there's some really great topics brought up from everybody. Thank you to Ross, Eddie, uh, Destro, Ashley, everybody who called in today. Uh, thank you, KT, uh, as well as Ben, always. You know, thank you, Ben, for getting up on time this time around. Uh, <laughs> And, and and with that being said, right, um, thank you for joining us tonight on SFL Audible. Uh, because the holidays are here, please be safe. Uh, I know we're having a very interesting uh, holiday, but I, I really hope that you get to enjoy it with your loved ones and everything. And KC, Ben, and Nelson, we're out of here. Till next time, guys, this is SFL Audible, and you have a happy, holly jolly Christmas.